Our New Testament reading this morning comes uh, from Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12. This is the very beginning of what is known as the Sermon on the Mount, and this section is known as the Beatitudes or the Blessings, and this is what Jesus says. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So because these are the Beatitudes or the blessings, I've entitled the sermon Blessed. But as I went through the week and studied the passage more and more, I put a question mark at the end of that word. Because we wonder, when we look at what blessing is, we think of blessing as making our lives easier, making our lives better, making things be what we want them to be. And in this passage, we find that those who have things that are not the way they wish they would be, those who mourn, those who are persecuted, are the ones that Jesus says are blessed. We have to figure out, what does he mean by this? And one of the struggles of dealing with the Beatitudes, and all the commentators talk about it, is to figure out what they are. What is Jesus doing here? Is he giving a us a prescription for how we are supposed to behave? So he says, if you want to be blessed, start mourning. If you want to be blessed, start being persecuted. And they all say, at least the ones who know Greek, they all say these words are not telling you what to do. They are telling you what God has done, what God will do, and what God is doing. God is blessing. God is blessing those who are poor in spirit. God is blessing those who are meek. God is blessing those who mourn. And when we look then at the passage from Micah that we read earlier on in the service, I'm going to back up a little bit from uh, the part we read. And this is in the context of God having a case against his people. He comes to them and says, I have a problem with how you're behaving. I have a problem with how you're being. And let me explain, he says. What have I done to you? How have I burdened you? Answer me. I brought you up out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to you and Aaron and Miriam. My people, remember what Balak, king of Moab, plotted, again, and plotted and what Balaam, son of Gilgal, that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. And then we get into the passage. The, the response of the people, then what should I do? 
10,000 barrels of olive oil? Or 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Thousands of rams? My firstborn? What do you want from me, God? And God's answer is, he has shown you. He has shown you what is good and what the Lord requires of you. But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And there's a similar theme here in this Matthew passage that our walk with God is not primarily, firstly, about ourselves. It is about God and about God's mercy and about God's grace. That is why in the Micah passage it tells us all that God has done for them and then calls upon them to respond, not with acts of great religious fervor, but with gratitude, humility, and service. Because the human heart has a problem. Humanity has a problem. I have a problem, and you have a problem, and that problem is we want to justify ourselves. We want to prove that we are worthy. And this gospel that Jesus Christ brings, even in the Old Testament, even to the people of Israel, God's help and God's provision and God's grace is available even before we earn it. Because we can never earn it. So Jesus is saying, blessed are those who don't have strength. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the poor in heart. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And if you are hungry, if you are thirsty, what do you have? You have something missing. You have a lacking. You have something that needs to be filled. So what Jesus is saying when he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, is he is saying, blessed are those who don't have it, but who know that they need it. And the way we get it is not by striving, but by receiving. This is the word that Micah has for us, this is the word that Matthew has for us, that Jesus gives to Matthew. Many commentators say that the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount are supposed to remind us of a previous time, the time when Moses went up onto the mountain and Moses received the law. What this is saying to us is that Jesus is giving us, I'm going to see if I can do something here. Jesus is giving us a new law, a new way of being, a law that tells us how we are to respond to God. When Jesus was asked about this, what is the law? How do you sum up the law? This is what he said. The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. That greatest commandment, does it judge first our, our actions? No. It judges first the attitudes of our heart and calls us to love 
to calls us to love the Lord our God. And this love is a responsive love. As it says elsewhere in Scripture, we love God because he first loved us. It is because of God's love that we are able to love God. It's because of God's love that we respond in love to God. And if our response is to try to earn our salvation, to try to earn God's favor, we're not understanding God's love because God's love comes first. And then as we receive God's love and it fills us, it is only natural that that overflow to those around us. And this new law that Jesus gives is to say first, blessed are those who are weak. And there's a long list of blessings here. But I don't think he meant for them to be, to include every weakness. I think what he's trying to help us to see is that we are weak. And to embrace the fact that we are weak. And it's only when we embrace the fact that we are weak that we are able to receive. Because if we continue to strive, continue to believe that we're strong enough, that we're good enough, that we can make this happen, we will continue to hold God at arm's length saying, wait a minute, let me do it, let me do it. I need to please you. And God says, you cannot. But I bless you. I bless you. I say to you, I love you not because of what you've done or because of what you could possibly maybe do sometime, but because I love you. It starts with God. And it starts for us with accepting that we are broken. Anne Lamont says failure is a gift Failure is a gift because it breaks through all the tension about needing to look good. And if you publicly fail, you can't look good anymore. Not in the good way that you hope to look good. I remember early on in my preaching, I, I used to use more notes than I do now, and I had pages of them. And one time, they blew to the floor. And they got all mixed up and I couldn't get them back together well enough, and the people loved it. <laughs> because I failed in front of them, and they loved it. Now, I have built my whole ministry on being a failure. I hope you see it. I hope you understand it. Because if you think of me, because I'm a pastor, or for whatever other reason, as someone who has it all together, you're wrong. And I can give you a list a mile long of people who will, who will vouch for that truth. <laughs> all of us are broken. All of us have failed. All of us continue to fail. And God says, bless you. God says, I bless you. I love you. Not because you're perfect, but I love you. So what does he call us to do? He calls us to receive his mercy and his grace. He calls us 
to receive the glory of his kingdom, not because we earn it, but because he wants us to join him in it. He wants us to embrace our humanity, accept that we are weak of heart, accept that we mourn, accept, accept that we don't have it all together, that we need to receive, and then, as a response to God's grace, to love justice, to do justice. Not as a way to earn God's favor, but as a response to God's favor being bestowed upon us. The, the kingdom of God has been revealed to us, and we then, okay, I give up. Because the kingdom of God has been given to us, because we have been included in this wonderful, wonderful good news of an existence that is without pain, without hurt, without fault, where justice flows. God says, you are already part of this. Now do justice. Live as kingdom people. Know the mercy that I have poured out on you and live as those who are merciful and walk with me. Walk with me. Walk humbly with me because you know that this is about my love, not about your goodness. And as you walk with God, you will know step by step that you are blessed. And because you are blessed, because you have been included in the kingdom of God, the reign of God, live his grace. The um, Beatitudes here can be divided into three parts. The first, uh, verses 3 through 6, which reminds us of our brokenness, reminds us of our hurt, and God's blessing upon those who are incomplete. And then verses 7 through 10 reminds us of the acts of those who live as kingdom people. They are merciful, they are pure in heart, they are peacemakers, and they are persecuted. Because the kingdom of this world does not understand the kingdom of God. The kingdom of this world has totally different values. The kingdom of this world has totally different ambitions. And people will not understand. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And the kingdom of God is so much more glorious, so much more wonderful, that living within that kingdom, the kingdom of God, is our true heart's desire. So even when the world around us doesn't understand us and might persecute us, we know that there's something so much greater that we're experiencing that we can endure that. Henry Nouwen said, compassion grows with the inner recognition that your neighbor shares your humanity with you. As a fellow human, realize that we're all in the same boat. We're all looking for love and acceptance, peace and safety, mercy, purity, and peacemaking will flow when we realize this. 
when we know I'm broken. They're broken. I might be broken in a different way than they are, but does that mean that my brokenness is somehow better than theirs? Every single human being bears the image of God. Every single human being was created with a desire to be loved and accepted, with a desire for God's blessing. And you and I are called to be agents of the kingdom of God, to be the ones who give them that blessing. Right now, turn to the person beside you and say, you are blessed. Oh, you already did the second one. You turned both ways. That's good. I don't have to direct you in that one. We are Matthew 25 church. In Matthew 25, Jesus is at the judgment, and he sees people. And I was going to turn to it, but I don't have enough hands, so I'm going to try to remember it. And he says... When you saw the hungry and you fed them, you were feeding me. When you saw the naked and you clothed them, you were clothing me. When you show mercy to people, you are showing mercy to me. And he says to those who do, not, who do this, welcome. And he says to those who do not do this, I don't know you. Now, I don't think that this passage, in this passage, Jesus is saying, work harder, do better. I think he's saying, if you really get it, if you are really part of my kingdom, you will naturally be doing these things. You will, when you see people, have a heart for them, a heart that comes from being loved and accepted by God and knowing that they need this love and acceptance too. And all of this boils down to the wonderful privilege of being in Christ. Goes back to Micah, walking humbly with our God. And in Matthew, being blessed. Because Jesus Christ has invited us to himself. Has invited us to share fellowship with him. Love and acceptance and blessing. And when we know how blessed we are, we will naturally reach out with love, compassion, mercy, and blessing to others. Those that we find it easy to love and bless because they're sort of like us, and those who are very different from us. Our heart will be tuned to the values of God's kingdom, and those values mean that we love that we are merciful, that we are gracious, and we live in Christ with that solid confidence that we belong to him in life and in death, and nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are blessed.